Hi, Soph. Are you ready for the question of the week? Y'all, let's hear it. Okay. So this question of the week came to me in a dream after our manic text the other night. Um, Who is your, if you think about it, who is a favorite couple that dated on and off screen? A la John B and Sarah, because you realizing in real time that they were dating in real life gave me so much joy. I had no idea. And it was, it was like blowing up your phone. It was like midnight in New York. It was something that like, I felt like as soon as you told me, I was like, did I already know that? It feels like the kind of fact that I would have been told like before you watched the show after, after I watched the show, because I watched it like last summer sometime so like if I found out any time in the past year basically it would have been like oh interesting but not like top of mind but yeah, um I remember like, seeing the e-news if announcement. nothing else definitely forgot <laughs> I remember seeing the e-news announcement in April of last year but I didn't watch it until November or till November and so I was like oh I have no frame of reference of who like John B and Sarah are like who oh. the fuck cares Mm-hmm. cool e-news announcement and then when I was watching the show I was like wait a second and then like deep stalked both of them and was like aha but it got me thinking about like you know a ton of people date on and off camera a la like Sophia and Chad famously got married broken up and then still had to stay on the show together for six years she refuses to talk about it Pin and Blake I mean there's We've had so many so many right yeah. like um yeah Jenna and Channing obviously yeah they met on yeah iconic um married divorced Miley and Liam <laughs> I forgot they that there's that set. yeah the last song I forgot that um, they were uh, Taylor and Taylor I mean iconic I think mine is um Adam and Rachel they did break up but I yeah. loved it so much I, I do think my number one is definitely Cole and Lily, Cole Sprouse and Lily. Um, what's her last name again? Reinhardt. Reinhardt. No. Yes. Is it yeah. Lily Reinhardt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know they've since broken up and, his and now he's dating. Looks a lot like her. <laughs> like a lot like her. Like so much like her. It is concerning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like blink, blink once. If you can hear us, girl. Um, like, what's if you need help? Um, I just love them because they both are just cute and they were cute on the show and they both hated the show together and they both seemed like equally angsty, but beautiful, like young people. Yeah. They like were both like artists, you know, like poetry and photography, not just like TV and film. Yeah. I think that I like Adam and Rachel for the opposite reason that you like Lily and Cole, which is that like Rachel understands why people care. Mm-hmm. I love when teen couples don't get why people are invested in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like how um like Sophie and Chad like can't talk about it because it just like circulates so much like news fodder and like cycle. But mm-hmm. Rachel's like, yeah, he like fared pretty well. He was a good boyfriend. Like we broke up, like sure. love lighten, like everything's great, you know? Yeah. So I like that she like understands that people care. Yeah. I find For that sure. to be really endearing. Layton does not. <laughs> no, no. They're like, it's I guess. The, that interview like stuck with me where they did like a no kid hungry uh-huh. thing and it was like the first public interview they had done that wasn't like actual movie press and they were like what do you have to say to the fans who were like so happy that like Seth Cohen married Blair Waldorf and they were like well that, the fans probably think about it more than I do than we, we do like I guess we could have like a Blair and Seth day and you're like assholes like this show's made your careers right yeah but um I mean I have a feeling that John B well, Chase and Madeline will like 
be our number one by the end of this episode. Well, they're my number one if you, right now. They're still <laughs> together, first of all. Second of all, wow. Yeah, they this their show. chemistry on screen. Let, let's get into let's it. Let's get into the episode. Yeah, let's okay. Let's get into it. Yeah. I am Sophie and I'm Maddie and welcome to single best scene or also <laughs> the first meeting of the uh John B and Sarah fan club yes uh I'll be taking the minutes on this meeting yeah, um you just stop this is not a podcast <laughs> fan club meeting sorry um obviously this week we're covering Outer Banks the description that is online is not the one that we have, which is a teenager enlists his three best friends to hunt for a legendary treasure linked to his father's disappearance. Or John V and Sarah fall in love, stay in love, and get married. <laughs> On a boat with a piece of string. string. His father's bandana. Even though they're like 16. <laughs> they're, yeah. That actually, 17? so I, I have a point that I made. So I told you before filming or before we started recording that like I spent prep time actually just watching fan-made videos Mm -hmm. like I fell deep down like a YouTube teenage fandom hole and in one of them it was like a fake game that they did at the beginning of the pandemic for press and it was like can you finish the line like Mm -hmm. like finish whatever and so it was it was like the Pope so it was key JJ Pope and John B and one of the lines had something to do with age and in it they were like you're I'm just like John B 17 whatever and they're like, that's actually wrong. John B 16. And the girl who plays key was like, yeah, you, someone says you say something about him being 17 in season two. And like under his breath, Chase mutters, I guess somewhere I had a birthday over those seven days. <laughs> He's all of season one and two, seven days. I mean, it's I, not, but like, we, is it? <laughs> is it right? Like we definitely, um, yeah, we tried to figure out the timeline. I think that seasons one and two happen over the course of a month. Like legit, I do think that's the timeline that we're on. It makes no sense because John B. So like, I think maybe he was saying seven days from the time that like season one ended to season two starting, like they were disappeared. Like they just, they were presumed dead for seven right. days. Yeah. And that guess his birthday fell on one of those days. Um, But yeah, they did a terrible job of, time which maybe as well as their point I think that was the point and like y'all found like 700 million dollars worth of gold in a month in small town North Carolina okay literally the logistics (laughs) make no sense I'm like these three kids that don't go to school found except that one episode so their so their teacher could say I found Tanny's diary would you like to read it okay yeah Pope goes to school yeah Pope smart the rest of them don't and then there's like one, Jumby just sh- fucking shows up at school one day in season two with the rest of them when Pope gets him to, up to go to school one time. Yeah. And um, it was like, we have a test today. And he was like, yeah. what? And I was like, yeah, you've been presumed dead and a murderer, like accused murderer and in prison. Like, sorry, you didn't right. study your like junior history. Right. Yeah. You're it, just living it. You're like yeah, doing your own father to like talk talk about what subject that was in no they only did the one history teacher because of him finding the right he's like digitizing yeah that's my only so we're off again we didn't even finish the school day we'll like go back to our relationship to the show but that's literally my only complaint is everything in the show is a plot for the 
the heist, like you said, over text. So what's your relationship to the show? I, I can't remember. I don't know if you wanted, I think you told me to watch it, but if you didn't watch it until November, I feel like I watched it before that. So I don't remember if you had watched it or not. I watched it the day of the election because I was like, I need something fun and like not watching these mm-hmm. poll results come in. And then I ended up drinking a whole bottle of wine and we filmed an episode the next day, which is the only reason why I remember that. Cause I remember thinking I need to stop talking about drinking on our podcast or like family and friends are going to call me. Cause I'm like doing it, but like the show causes me like it's the outer banks to me is like going to the gym. I hate every part of it until it's over. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, like I love outer banks and I also don't want to watch it again. Like it's like, I, Oh, I had, I suggest so it to people. I would no, watch no, it again. Like if I want people to watch it. it. Like, I haven't seen it. I'd be like, do you want to turn it on? Yes. <laughs> but it's like, so, and maybe like rewatching it would be good. But as I'm in it, I like hate everyone so much. Like every time like Rafe's on screen, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm like chugging I wine. Compared to other like uh, shows, I think it's harder to like commit to the world. And I don't know why. Like, cause when it's you're so in- unrealistic. Well, but like when we're it's at like- Outlander, right. It's, it's even crazier, but like somehow they're like- adults you can commit, right? Like your brain can be like, okay, this is the situation that I'm in. Like we're in it. Like, let's go, let's go. Riverdale, same thing. Like in Riverdale is fucking ridiculous. It's the, it's the concept of time. Maybe, right? like, I don't know. Maybe the problem with Outer, Outer Banks is that the whole show is the heist. So um, just to clue everyone else in on what I'm talking about. So my critique from Money Heist slash Casa del Papel is- that the whole show is the heist like instead of most shows where it's like you lead up to the heist and the heist is the last two episodes or last episode um right like it builds the big moment but instead it's like 24 um which is a show I haven't seen but my understanding is like every single episode is high stakes because every single episode is the heist like the heist mm-hmm. lasts 13 hours not two hours somehow and I feel like it was worse in season two than it was in season one where it's like the height they're on the run the whole fucking time like it is all gas no breaks and in season one there's a little bit more like they're kind of putzing around they're figuring things out maybe they are going to school here and there like well, like the town functions normal. right they, like have like, that midsummer party they have right. the yes john b's not a wanted job right working for the camerons whatever it's like there are yeah there's structure there but in season two the whole season they're on the run panicking looking for the gold everything is like so urgent they don't shower they don't change clothes they never eat like it just made watching season two like a lot more stressful and also I think harder to like commit because you're like okay wait you just sat down at the bonfire and now someone's gonna show up with a gun yeah like what I agree except I had a harder time with season one with that because I was like oh we're meeting these kids this is awesome okay cool they're getting shot at Mm mm-hmm I was like, what? Right. Like, they got shot at in the pilot. Oh my God, really? Yeah, when they like break into that dead guy's room to like. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, someone yeah. else, it's like, they were, fun. it's like we started in the middle of a treasure hunt, truly. Like, right. which I guess is what we did. But like, as an yeah. audience, it would have been nice to be like. It was the beginning for them, but not the beginning of everyone knowing about this treasure. Yeah. They well, also joined the treasure hunt in the middle. Also, these kids like didn't react to the fact that they almost died so often, like at all. They almost die all the time. Every episode, they're getting shot at. I think that's right. why I just kept drinking. Almost drowned. And it's or... like the the minute things start to feel good, then Ward's evil. Like, it's like they don't give you a beat, right? And then in right. season two, no it's break. like John B's um, thing gets 
he's not a, he's not guilty of murder and he's good and happy and everything's fine and like ward blows himself up him and sarah break up the new villain comes in as the um i can't think of how to say that woman's last name but oh, the, the old white lady yeah with whatever and i'm gonna look up their names because our audience would hate us but um and like so we never even got an episode it was like they were searching for gold and then they found out about the cross and they were searching for the cross right like yeah. they never and just like were people about the gold almost like yeah i was like go back to the bahamas like why aren't jade like you know the code you know where it is you know sarah's birthday y'all aren't wanted well, you go get some of the fucking gold isn't well but the gold <laughs> got seized uh when the but I, right but it was like then there was like no follow-up to like then where the gold went yeah which like i would like some follow-up but whatever Limbry, um, carla Limbry. Oh yeah. The and her little assassin is Renfield. Right. Her cousin. Which is the same thing that was on that compass from oh, season really? one was Renfield. The said Limbery on it? No, the compass said Renfield, which was her little, uh, which I didn't click just till, till this moment. Are you sure? I, I thought that guy was like her nephew or something. It was her step or like that, like her brother that she didn't know existed or something. like her dad's mistress's baby or something um compass outer banks maybe it said rutledge which is john b's last name instead of renfield mm, yeah. no it says redfield and his name is renfield okay i have a lot of complaints <laughs> about the fact that they i did that too didn't even know that but um the fact that they have a character named pope and also this group calls themselves pogues those words are way too similar. Way, way, way too similar. Well, they call Kiara key and then half of season two, they're looking for a key. Right. It's like shit like that. I'm like- Again. Like, <laughs> it's like the show is so unnecessarily difficult. That's like, yeah, and so we will get to like it, part of our script and not just kind of off the top going off. But like, that's my, like one of my biggest complaints, I guess I have a few is that like, if there are, if, okay. So we're going to use an actual B plot for an example of why this is a frustrating storyline. John B's car sinking. That's already conflict. That's already trauma. Then JJ and Key go out to get her dad's truck. Okay, makes sense. Her dad, she's the only one with the dad, she's the only one with the truck. Cool. So we've got then the secondary thing. It's two miles away. The truck sinking, JJ or uh, John B and um, Sarah are not yeah. speaking because they're broken up. Right. So there's already like the intention at there. Mm -hmm. Then there's already tension with JJ and Key because Key's like, my parents are going to send me away, blah, 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 all this stuff. Then we get her family's conflict, more conflict, where they're talking shit about her. Then her fucking, the dad shows up, JJ's dad shows up, and then, so they have to take his dad 20 miles or whatever, 20 minutes well, somewhere also, else while the car is sinking and they're waiting for gold. And the dad's a fugitive. Like the dad's on the run. <laughs> so it's like any situation where there's an option of being like, we need to finish like the car sinking, then I'll take you. They're mm -hmm. gonna do the exact opposite. And right. then John B's gonna get bit by an alligator. Like right. any cripple like, down on like opportunities for chaos. Yeah. It's like anytime like anything happens, it's like, of course, she's gonna not only get kidnapped and drugged, but then put on a boat and locked in a room. It's like the worst case scenario every time, which I think maybe that's why I didn't like season one and could handle season two better. Cause I was like, Oh, naturally someone's going to show up with a gun here because why wouldn't they? And then they do. And it's like, okay. Like it kind of makes it easier to predict when you know the worst right. case scenario is going to happen. I guess that's true. Anyway. So what'd you think about the pilot? 
um the pilot was great i thought it was really fun um yeah i i, I would give it a, a seven out of ten what do you think i gave it an eight out of ten because the permit like teen love story treasure hunt north carolina <laughs> like let's go and then i would give it like once the sarah character and it was introduced i was like oh i'm in right was sarah in the pilot yes but what I, I but don't not think, like as a she wasn't in it she was just like with topper I, right i think that i suspected that she was going to be the love interest because she's clearly the hottest girl on the show yes she is insanely beautiful and the most talented yeah that girl can act. by far she is so fucking talented yeah, very lily of her yeah i know <laughs> like carrying the <laughs> carrying the team on her fucking back yeah and like she's been cast in the most stuff and i'm like before I watched season two, I was like, damn, she got cast in like Knives Out too and all this stuff. And then I watched season two and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, fuck, she yeah, can act I her do ass think off. It's notable. She's like, what, 24? I mm-hmm. think I looked it up recently. She's like 24. John B is the oldest of all of the children on this show, like full stop. He's 28. Okay. And all of them, including Topper, including um, Rafe. Rafe, are all younger than that. All of the other kids, so like Sarah and Key and Pope and JJ and the new girl, what's her name? Cleo? Cleo are all like between 22 and 24. I would have guessed Cleo was like 36. I'm pretty sure she- I mean, I'm going to look just because that's- Like 23. And then I think Rafe is like 25 and Topper is, yeah, like 25, 26, something like that. Um, The daughter, the sister- Wheezy. Wheezy is 18. So okay. she's like the youngest, but yeah, the rest of them are like in their twenties, but yeah, John B being the oldest, I was like, lol. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that we did thoughts before we did pilot score, but, um, I don't have a ton of jokes because I did a horrible job of taking them down, but like general Same. comment, Sarah was way funnier in season two. I thought, um or at least she got better lines in season two I think she was funny in season one also but I mean like we've I mean I actually don't know if we mentioned this on Potter off but like that the kids it does seem like a are more natural like the, the writing is really good um as far as like it's believable yeah I mean I I like have, I have like four funny quotes but mm-hmm. most of it really is just like the way you speak with your friends where you like give yeah. them a hard time like they just right. are genuinely it's friends. Like jabs yeah it is hard to joke when you're constantly running from several evil adult groups so Mm -hmm. yeah and like I think they gave a lot of the comedy in season one to JJ and then in season two they kind of like spread it out and like Mm -hmm. the only person who's not funny is John B yeah and it feels very like OC where like the only person who wasn't funny on that show was Ryan right yeah John B not being funny fits for me yeah um there, there there's always kind of this like blurry line where it's like is he stupid like <laughs> he, he obviously he, yes but there's like no way he's gonna graduate from high school like right like there's no way he never he, was going to he picks the like Sarah's like we're we're fugitives in the Bahamas don't leave and he's like okay I love you so much marry me I'm not gonna leave and she wakes up and he's left and she's like son of a bitch he lied to me right right it's like every time someone says like it's like subverse like reverse psychology yeah 
again, it reminds me a little bit of your brother where I'm like, I don't know how, who will never listen to this podcast, but love you very much. But like two options, we'll pick the one that will cause you the most, will be the hardest. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Hardest path and it'll work out. will be fine. Might leave a path of destruction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll work others. out. We're not, yeah. Um, okay, so my first quote is from um, John B., but don't worry, the joke is what Sarah says. <laughs> from the Charleston episode in season one, um, he says, oh my God, have you seen these shirt? this shirt? It's like $190. And she says, don't worry, I'll sugar mama you. <laughs> I had that one written down too. <laughs> and they say it again in season two. It's like their cute little like callback. Oh my god, really? I yeah, I, th- I think that's why their relationship is so endearing is because they like remember things and they don't embarrass each other for remembering how much oh they god. love each other. Yeah, it's cute. Because if someone proposed to me on a boat, I'd say no. I'd be like, we're 16. Um, mine is from JJ in the pilot where they're like, or maybe it's not the pilot where they're like, be careful. And he says, Oh, be so careful, John B. Oh, give me that John D already. <laughs> He's like mocking um uh... Sarah for being or for, um, for he's marking key for being key, like right but like but like making fun of john b yeah yeah it, they yeah, abandoned the key and john b storyline so quickly you would have thought it was airing on tv because it was like <laughs> it's like they thought the viewers liked sarah more but they dropped it all at once mm-hmm. so it was like did they write for us to like her with all three guys and the none of the guys because now i only want her with jj the only guy she has hooked up with i yeah i don't really understand their choices with with keys character like yeah her like relationship plot has been all over the place like chaotic um it again makes me feel like if anybody's uh plots are getting cut for time it's hers (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it just like doesn't really like totally make sense um whatever um my other quote from season one is when um wheezy says dad the wi-fi is not working i can't post anything and he said there's a hurricane sweetheart yeah. <laughs> that was also my other one and i don't have any more relatable okay well i wrote down two from season two and they're from the same scene <laughs> um it's from the episode where the truck or the van gets stuck in the water but mm-hmm. it's before it gets stuck so it's when they're like driving out there and the boys are like debating about like it's too high. Like, I don't think we can do it. Like yada, yada. And Sarah says, why are y'all acting like y'all aren't going to do this? When have you ever done the safe thing? Yep. I chuckled and and said, yep. Wow. (laughs) Like truly like audience on the couch goes word, Sarah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's when I got out my phone to start taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I can't let that one slip by. Like, it was too good. And then I, I know Pope was also funnier in season two. I just didn't write yeah. any of it down. And then on the way back, there's this whole like uh, conversation where JJ uses Bon Voyage wrong. <laughs> yes, he's like, so I'm going to go to Spain and say, or <laughs> France and say Bon Voyage. Whatever he does, he like flips the, the country. Like, yeah, it's like Spanish. I don't know. Yeah. He, yeah. He, all mixed up and like it's like then kind of confuses everyone and they're like what and then sarah goes okay well we should bon voyage out of here (laughs) (laughs) season two was good yeah season she she really like nailed it in season two but that's all i have true i feel like um the netflix has done a really good job lately of writing like actual 
complex, but like well-written and likable female leads. Like Sarah is like great in this. And then um, like Maeve from Sex Education. Like, I just feel like lately, like the, and even like, I mean, I guess Beth Harmon from Queen's Gambit, like they've actually focused on writing like females who are like funny, complex, but like can have a story. Yeah. Whereas like, they're not just like sidekicks, but they're starting with like mm-hmm. teens and like, never have I ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I not one for one second ever doubted Sarah and not one stopped my fandom of her. I'm like, no. yo girl, she did not one thing wrong. She um, reminded me of Maeve. I think that's probably why, where I was like, oh, I'm just going to fully support you. Even when I don't agree with exactly what you're doing, mm-hmm. I'm still on your side. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You're still the uh, rightest in a wrong situation. <laughs> for sure for sure moral compass um but okay heartbreak scene so yeah. speaking of sarah my heartbreak scene actually was the scene where she watches ward blow himself up and john b like basically didn't care yep nobody didn't care but like his reaction was so about him and not about her and like obviously in that moment like she needed him and he was not on the level which was to be honest the most realistic teen scenario right of this like 16 17 year old boy like not being like emotionally available for his girlfriend like in the moment like yeah no fucking shit like they did not do an outlander complex on this guy like that was a really realistic reaction I thought mm-hmm. um but what was your heartbreak scene my heartbreak scene was in season one when it's like after the fight JJ has with his dad and then he buys like the hot tub and spends all of his money and is like having that like breakdown in the hot tub oh, yeah. and like kind of losing his mind and talking and like Pope and Key like get in the hot tub and like hug him and he's mm-hmm. crying. And then even like JJ's, anytime JJ was sad, I was sad. So I, JJ is my least favorite character and I basically ignored him whenever he was on the screen. So interesting point because I think next to Sarah and Rafe like the, Sarah Rafe and JJ are the three most talented actors on the show mm. hot take Rafe is infuriating and I hate him and like want him to like get well, thrown in front of a helicopter Rafe but he's is the acting. Roman um yes. like the succession to Roman Rafe is to mm-hmm. um Outer Banks it was like yes. un- unhinged when um <laughs> He reminds me of like a serial, like, I mean, he is a serial yeah. killer at this point, but like, he reminds me of that, like I survived serial killer where it's like, I'm not sure he even realizes that he's killing people. Like, I really oh. think he's like extremely right. mentally unwell. Right. Like just does not understand like consequences of his actions in any way. Yeah. Okay. So it seems like our turning point, unless you have a separate one was both kind of just like Sarah. Mine was just Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was pretty immediately sold. It's like hot teens in North Carolina like the new wave of like Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. One Tree Hill, like let's mm-hmm. go. Um, so going into to plots a little bit with the Rafe of it all, sorry, just to keep that thought going. I found it so interesting how much season two was Ward deciding which kid he liked more. I thought that was also a lot of part of season one. Yeah, I guess so. But like after- Wait, he- but was it ever really a competition? I feel like it was always Sarah. Yeah. And then it was Ward, Ward trying to convince himself that it could be Rafe. Yeah, and that, sorry, But yeah, it never right. really was. Like it was so interesting how much, how much of the show is about family when how little of the kids have parents. No one has parents. And the parents that are here should be dead. And yet- Except they for Pope's something. dad. Pope's dad is like sweet. Oh yeah. Okay. Pope's dad's great. We love. He like showed up, got beat up, told him to go talk to his grandmother, and then we 
never saw that. Uh, Pope, the, but the proportion of good parents to parentless kids or bad parents is way skewed. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Ward takes up all the parent story. Um, okay, so going back to season one, we can popcorn. You can go first. B plots. Um, I loved John B. working for the Camerons. That was very smart. Loved that. I completely agree. I think I texted, I don't remember who, someone and said, I love Ward. And then it was like in the next scene, he was evil. And I was like, oh shit, I got duped. Just kidding. <laughs> like, I was like, that was a good I story. I in Nashville. Did you watch Nashville? Yeah, like, I pre-loved, I think mm-hmm. his name is Charles Estes. Like, I went into I, the show. That was another I person I knew. betrayed. Yeah, yes, and he's so good at playing the villain. So good. He's terrifying. I guess everyone on the show is a good actor. They did a good cast. Like, the show's good. Yeah. Um, The reveal that Ward killed John B.'s dad was so good. Mm-hmm. And, like, John B. telling Sarah, I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole John B. dad thing, very was good. It, was it good? Yeah. Good B. Oh, also remember when, um, like, CPS showed up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just now. <laughs> One time? <laughs> and they're like, hey, you seem to be living alone here. And he was like, nope. <laughs> and, like, we don't know how long his dad's been dead, but I think it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I, yeah. I completely forgot that happened. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. Okay, so the next thing I liked, I liked when they actually acted like teens. So I have two on my B-plot list, but the way they, like, slowly let Sarah into the, like, Pogue life, yeah. see, I really liked that it wasn't just immediate and that they, like, no, they did such had a their walls job. up. And that thing with her and Key on the boat, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. that. And the boys mm-hmm. like tricking them into it. Loved it. Yes. Loved it. I thought it was so necessary because of how often they're in life or death. You can't be a casual friend with someone that you'll take a bullet for. Right. And these friends only take bullets for each other. They don't ever just like go to the movies um, or like watch Netflix together. They're like always running from someone with a gun. And so they needed to kind of establish that. Like they're in amazing shape because they're running from murderers. Yeah. Okay. So in the, speaking of what I think is kind of ridiculous, when John B and Sarah on their like two episode breakup in season two mm. and they have two episodes. <laughs> the, they're at the bonfire and they uh-huh. get in the fight and what the Poe girls like yelling at Sarah for being a kook or whatever. And, um, he's like, well, she's not like that. Like she's not that or whatever. And then John B later is like, did you really stand up for Sarah? I was like, of course she did. Like, uh, yeah, I really like, I was that. like of that course she funny. stood up for Sarah. You've they're friends right like yeah, you were married to her right. and everybody was happy an episode yeah, that ago. was an interesting thing that I'm really glad they did and I don't even know if like they really I, I mean I'm assuming they're I don't know how much credit to give the writers but I'm, I guess I'll give them the credit for this where it's like when your friend breaks up with somebody you're like well what about us yeah it's like who gets the friends in the divorce kind of thing where and obviously like they didn't really really break up you know so it, it, it didn't have to be that kind of extreme where they did ever have to pick sides but having Kiara stand up for her was really smart because it was like, she wasn't just there for John B, right? Like this was a, she was in the group, right? Yeah. Well, and also Sarah was like extremely, like the group wouldn't have gotten anywhere without Sarah. No. Like Sarah didn't, she didn't like, get anywhere until she joined the group. <laughs> yeah. And then also it's like, I think it was also like, nobody really believed their breakup. No. 
Well, because like, what even was it? Like, she was just upset. Yeah, her dad killed himself in front of her. Right. And, and then John B was like, it's good. He killed my dad. Right. He, and he was like, the universe is at peace again. <laughs> she's like, well, I just literally watched my dad blow up. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Your, your turn next. Um, so I love that um, the show headed to the Bahamas. Like that was like towards the end of season one, like clearly like where we were headed. And that's kind of like where they sailed off to. Like, I thought that was really smart. I, it did feel like we had been in Outer Banks for so long. Um, other than that one episode where they go to Charleston, right? Like it just was a lot of the same swamp um, mm-hmm. like over and over again. And so I was, I thought that was like a really smart, like adjacent, but like different place for them to go mm-hmm. um, and keep it like separate, you know? Um, so I just thought that all sounded, and whenever they mentioned it, I was like, this sounds very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> yeah so I completely agree I was like curious as to how long they were going to keep them in the Bahamas mm-hmm. and I was really glad that they like stole the phone and like sent the like whatsapp yeah. so that like their friends weren't warning them because that was my biggest problem with Riverdale whenever they just like let everyone think Jughead was dead forever yeah. um my next one is actually from season one I loved the like haunted mansion element of like retrieving the gold I thought that was so funny that the woman was like blind and like had a shotgun and they had to like go under her house and they were definitely stealing from her (laughs) yeah like I loved I thought that episode was so fucking good or like the that plot was so fucking funny Mm -hmm. yeah that was amazing they did a lot of haunted like the lighthouse Word murders somebody in haunted the church kind of haunted looking word um, murders someone there too the the construction site at, on Grand Street or whatever yeah yeah it felt like more Charleston to me than Outer Banks in season two too like the yeah. which I actually think they aren't filming in North Carolina I think they are They're filming not. in South Carolina yeah um which someone I saw someone post uh I don't know I can't remember. Oh, I think it was on their Instagram on, 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 um, Madeline Klein's Madeline's Instagram when she like posted that they had started filming for season two and someone had commented like, why aren't you guys actually filming in Outer Banks? And, and Madeline had this like whole paragraph where she was like, they don't respect human rights. <laughs> like yeah, all this shit, which I was like, oh, right, right, right. Like this was that fallout when a couple years ago, Atlanta or Georgia and Georgia did the yeah but this was like some like H it was like an H I don't know exactly I don't know enough about it but yeah but it did ring a bell I was like oh right like there was a lot of drama about this yeah there was like some legislation that passed that didn't that wasn't like super pro-human rights yeah I can't but yeah I was like interesting so yeah they do film most of it in Charleston I think um I also love in season one I mean, it was like, it was like infuriating at the time, but in hindsight, I liked it when John B was like running for the cops for the first time that he was accused of murder, like the beginning of this plot right. and Topper locks him in the laundry room and forces him to acknowledge if he loves Sarah or not. Wow. That was wild. <laughs> like, I loved the whole like running, but like through the kook neighborhood and like yeah. getting stuck in places where people hated him, even if they didn't care if he murdered the sheriff. Right. <laughs> and like him being like do you love her and he's like I don't know it's like a movie and done all this stuff and he's like so you don't love her and John B's like I love Sarah Cameron <laughs> it's like in the middle of all this crazy he's having this like nah, giant epiphany that was with- a good yeah that was a good episode and Topper's character I feel like there's gonna be like a justice for Topper <laughs> yeah. because he like literally was like he only came in to move plot forward especially in season two 
definitely in season two which does make me like hope that yeah they'll give him someone in season three even though they've literally never introduced a new female kook at all yeah yeah because they would suck but like it pissed it legit pissed me off whenever he was introduced to give sarah a phone so that rafe could stop where sarah was to get the cross i was like y'all couldn't think of another way for them to figure out where the island room key is that was like that was infuriating that felt cheap to me that was one of the few storylines that legitimately felt cheap yeah i was like oh it's that easy huh yeah also like why did you track sarah's phone like right so that was weird and then race like immediately like oh they're in the old church it's like well <laughs> it's just like fuck they can't catch a break i know and then of they course really, the lost really and of course catch a break in season two no the show could literally be called we didn't catch a break a search for gold <laughs> right like <laughs> it, 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 it's well and what's so infuriating is it's like questionably smart teens uh-huh. versus like hunchman goons like what is really smart in this whole scenario so it's sort of like a race to the bottom in a sense yeah but like but yet it's also at this like crazy clip I don't know um yeah I feel like we should title this episode like not it's like not a regular single bus seat episode it's just like a conversation about Outer Banks (laughs) Um, um, but I do have another B plot. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Keep going. I have a few more. Pope's whole arc. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. I really thought it was super smart of them to like give him such an important role leading out of season one once we realized that like his family um like worked on this plantation that like like his family was actually like tied to the gold in like a real way whereas like actually none of the rest of these kids have that connection sarah has like the new money connection where it's like her dad has the funds to hunt this gold down well and she's like living in denmark tanny's like how like in the right. house where and he painted the island the, room and right she moved in the plantation hunter's house yeah um but like they, they don't really ever mention that like necessarily it is her family like they don't really say that so I'm assuming yeah. she's there not right otherwise wouldn't that have been brought up at this point well and um, Lord was poor which is why he cares so much about right, right, right this right. like Art money and like her mom is like dead yeah I did like Rose I thought she was a very funny stereotypical housewife yeah she's hilarious um but yeah so I thought that was really smart like to be honest just like for race reasons to like acknowledge like first of all not make the only like poc in this group like just the side character right like to actually yeah. give him the b the really the b plot of the show um and also like acknowledge that yeah all of this is happening around like piracy like all this to just not ignore the like historical race like of the being in north racism carolina and slavery and stuff right in north carolina um in south carolina i guess but um mm-hmm. And it, it seems to me, of course, a white lady, like they've handled it pretty well. Like, you know, whatever. Like it's- I Well, they it's, all equally feel like main characters. Yeah, they all equally feel- I, I mean, or like, like the same- The, the, the like, it's, like whenever they bring up like his family, the, I don't know, just sort of like the introduction of it and like um, how like he keeps finding bits and pieces and like his family having or his grandma having the key and all this stuff like 
it, it seems like they do a pretty good job of like addressing it without like over like trying to have like teachable moments yeah they know? let him lead the decisions like like they let john right. b lead the decisions with the gold in season one and they let um pope lead the decisions with the gold cross in season two right yeah and like he's the one that found it right like um and so now it it i hope in season three he gets to be more of a decision maker um and like you know continues his little rise because now it sort of is like i'm hoping that they run kind of like a dual thing where like it's john b and sarah trying to track down that fucking gold that they found (laughs) and then pope and cleo can try and track down this cross that's what I was about to ask you. Do you feel like it's going to be Pope and Cleo in season three? I think like shipping wise, the way that they like ended it, sort of yeah. made it that way. I mean, and I think I, they're like writing. Do will they won't they with him and Key anymore? Like that really kind of got tired for me. I feel like they're writing towards JJ and Key. I think so too. Which like, I'd be down for. Like I would be down for, but it's like. They might keep them platonic friends so she hasn't hooked up with every guy in her friend group. Right, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, she doesn't need to be like, maybe hooking up with somebody all the time. I actually think season three, she'll be at boarding school. Oh, like, yeah. and like, I don't think she'll be- As soon as they find her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. So in your, in what we just talked about, you were talking about how Sarah's house is, we like, you know, address that Sarah lives in the- plantation owner Mm -hmm. aside from (laughs) topper's house where she spends two nights where did sarah sleep in season two she slept at john b's house but did we never even saw really john b's house except for when they like did that random bonfire i know it's so random i'm like whenever there's a bonfire i'm pretty sure it's at his house it just made me think like we never see them leave like we never see them go home well, they rarely shower and rarely yeah, you, change clothes. And it got even worse in season two. Because they kept Sarah in those bloody bullet hold shorts for like three episodes. Right. Yeah. That's another B-plot that I loved and then I hated. Mm-hmm. Was Rafe shooting Sarah and then them having to race to like a sketchy doctor and then her dying (laughs) yeah and then coming back to life like sleeping beauty style based on the pureness and earnestness of teen love like I it's like I'm all for it like I love that part of it I'm like so okay I actually we didn't talk about Vlad and with was that the doctor was bad I actually think that was my biggest complaint about that is that like the doctor was basically just like any anyone's dad seemed like equally qualified he was like i have no responsibility if she dies not on me and john b's like not really i don't know guess she's dead man like what yeah yeah i mean like speaking back to the earnestness of teen love it's like they fell in love in like one episode Uh where they had the like vlad and val which is like a great b plot their whole little like adventure in charleston and bringing sarah into the fold i don't want to like move on because i next have worst most shocking and least realistic as my Let's do it. Um, buckets, but I did not want to leave our listeners without acknowledging Vlad and Val being the cutest start to a relationship ever. So cute. Um, I have three in season two for best that I liked. 
Um, I did like the interjection of, um, I already forgot her name, the injured woman. Is there an L? Langley, Lafferty, Lindley. Lind- oh, uh, see, I put that in my worst. I didn't like the old lady. I did not. It seemed like adding fuel to the fire and I didn't need that. Yeah, I just liked that she, uh, Limbry. Mm-hmm. I liked that she was fucking terrible. I also was confused on how she had the like evidence to exonerate John B. Yeah, I loved the island room plot of like the wallpaper being taken. Like I thought that was just like one of the smarter aspects of season two. I agree. Was the reveal that the map was in the house all along, uh-huh. and then the last thing that I like loved about season two was the petty breakup fight because it was the first time they acted like teens in a relationship, and like I loved them at the bonfire, like trying to like out flirt each yeah. other, but also being like, but I actually love you. Like you, like I'm not gonna do anything because I do love you. Like they still respected <laughs> each other. Right, like I don't want to be with this person that I'm currently like flirting with, but I want you to like not want me to be talking to this person. Right, like please be jealous. So like they needed to have like a petty breakup because they were so serious, like living together, married because of a bandana and all that stuff. Yeah, I did appreciate though that that one breakup was really it. Yeah, because they had the little breakup, like and even like her breakup for Topper in season one was sort of just like cut and dry. Yeah. It was like, and this is over, and now I'm with John B. The end. And I was like, word, we don't need to make this a whole thing. Well, even when Topper came back, I never thought that she loved him. I thought she just no. like knew. I thought that they did a good job of being like, well, one, Topper's a plot device for season two. So nothing he does is going to actually have any long term ram- ramifications, or the, it's only going to have long term ram- ramifications. So it's not going to matter in the short term. And two, like he knew Ward. Like it makes sense to me that he's the one who consoled her because he dated Sarah before Ward was evil. Mm-hmm. Or like known evil, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. Do you want to go to worst? Um, yeah. You can go first. Oh, I, I already said my first one, which was I did not actually like Miss Lumbry. Yeah. Um, I pretty much hated anything that had to do with the kooks in season one because it just like physically made me want to like punch my TV. Yeah. Like I was like, they're so entitled. Like I fucking hate this. Like I hate this, that, that people act like this. It just bothered me. Yes. Which is why my sister didn't recommend the show to me when I was like, why didn't you tell me to watch this show? She was like, I just didn't think you'd be able to like handle how like entitled the kooks are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it was hard. Yeah, it was tough. Okay. So I actually did not like John B's whole pot in jail. D- in season nope. two. I didn't. Didn't need it. I didn't, didn't need, need it. it. You know? And also like, there's no ramifications, right? So that someone tried to kill him. Nobody, they like kind of believe him, but also don't. Um, Ward like buys off the sheriff, but like that kind of goes nowhere because immediately they like actually, like Shoop was actually a good cop and like did actually run ballistics and was building like a bigger case. I feel like that got cut. Like Uh there was more like SBI stuff that got cut Uh because they just raided the house. Uh I agree though. It just felt like, another device to like keep them from getting the gold even though like what i care about is just their friendship like i would have been cool with just an episode where they were like hanging out i mean right or like just going to school yeah just like a very boring episode i would have loved i don't know if i would have loved a boring episode but they like they could have had other like petty little b plots sort of like um in season one when the whole like pope and his scholarship thing mm-hmm. something like that where it was like not related to the gold but still something like teens like something that teens would actually have to deal with yeah they could have actually had like Uh, i don't know or have key have a storyline with her parents before they just like hand her a boarding school thing yeah her parents just sort of like enter the scene to scream at her and be disappointed and then exit and that's it except they're 
in the right. Right. They're in the right <laughs> for sure. So that's, I think what's frustrating is watching us as an adult being like, yeah, you should come home. Yeah. If your it, parents think you're it, lost at sea. It, okay. It's on the one hand, it is like, okay, how do you balance two of the boys in this group have zero parents and zero rules, but it's not like he is the only person who has parents that care. Pope's parents care also. So I don't really understand why she is MIA so much. Um, she doesn't need to be. Yeah. And like, they made it like a, I like, I enjoyed in season one when they made it like a, like a little bit more of a struggle of like her being a kook, but like hanging out with the yeah. pose. But in, in season two, when she like just randomly would yell at her mom, like you slept with a pogue and it ruined your life. I was like, bitch, like calm down. We brought it up way too often. And like, that was the only thing she ever said to her parents. And I was like, well, don't you like them? Like, I thought you yeah, liked your parents. Like, I thought your parents I were cool with this. They would have given her like more context of a reason to be at home, like some siblings or like an elderly grandparent or something like that, that like, wasn't just like home wasn't an obligation because mm-hmm. her parents were mad. Right. Like that seemed to be the only like a punishment, right. It was like, she wouldn't. Like, I just think it would have made her character a little richer if she would have had like a more complex scenario with her home, right? Like if it Mm -hmm. wasn't just straight up, if I go home, my parents are going to scream at me and then send me to boarding school. Instead, it was like, I really feel like I need to go home because like my grandmother is like really worried about, like, I haven't talked to my grandmother in a couple of days. And like, I know she's been sick or like whatever, or like my mom says, my grandma's been sick. I need to go home. You guys, like, I can't go on this random fucking mission. Like, I don't At know 11 PM or not. Right. On like Wednesday. Right. Or like whatever. And just like, even just like some more context. And that could have been good too. Even if it was like her grandma knew Pope's grandma, like there could have just been some more stuff or like younger siblings, whatever with her, instead of it just being her like mean parents all the time, right? Like bad cop parents is what it was. Yeah. But also I didn't like that. They then like had her break in the house to steal her dad's truck, but because they were like enjoying a family dinner, it meant it like, it made it that like he was in the right for leaving. It's like, no, like the car thing was really weird. I your don't parents, really the car thing would have been disappointing, even if they didn't total the truck. Well, and Pope just left his dad's truck in Charleston. Oh my God, right. I think they also totaled that one. I love the show, but it's exhausting. It's exhausting. None of it makes any sense. Speaking of not making sense, do you have any more? Because I just wrote this like spew, like train of thought list for the finale of two, which made no, not one like a sense. No, so I have two more worst. I have four most shocking and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, nine, least realistic. You want me to go through mine real quick? Let's hear him. So I did not love the season two arc of people thinking John uh, B killed the sheriff. I don't think it needed no. to start in episode nine and end in episode five. Like I just didn't need to go on that long. Um, especially when everyone knew it was Rafe. Like if maybe if we <laughs> hadn't been at the crime scene and we had to like believe it, but no, um, we've already talked about this, so I won't go into detail, but I thought it was really dumb that they just kept like abandoning the gold. Yeah. They just like kept forgetting the like search for the gold. Okay. Most shocking which are pretty, they're the same thing, just different ways. Rafe murdering the sheriff to protect Ward actually did catch me off guard. Oh my God, that was amazing. Uh, Rafe trying to kill Sarah at least twice. Both t- the When he tried at to drown her, twice. fully caught me off guard. In fact, the topper was just like on the marina, like again, like, plot, but like, I don't know why he was there. accidentally almost care Sarah twice. He tried to murder oh, his sister 
twice. When he, when Rafe and Ward were talking and Ward was like, at least like no one got injured. And he was like, oh no, I hit Sarah. And Ward was like, what? And he was like, yeah, no, the bullet hit Sarah. That's when I was like, he's a sociopath. Yes. Fully, fully sociopath. Mm. Ward not being dead. That shocked me. (laughs) That was shocking. Like fully shocked me. This next one and that he was on the ship. And like Sarah's reaction to him not being dead was so good. Yes. Um, and then the last one is John B's dad not being dead, which I don't care about, but it did shock me that Limbry knew him. Yeah. And didn't mention it. And also, like it felt like they were like, we need a twist to get picked up. So like let's just write her uh-huh. walking into his house in like Barbados. Like yeah. it, that was weird to me. Shocking. I- there was not enough explanation of that for it to mm-hmm. make even a little bit of sense. Um, well, we don't really know John B's dad at all. We know nothing, right? We know nothing. We know about he's like that. a treasure hunter who like left him clues. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and left his like son alone for several years to fend for himself. Apparently, to be clear, like both of those dads should be dead. Like I don't <laughs> need them to be alive. <laughs> like. Finding out both of them were alive in the finale, I was like, mm. finding out Ward was alive, I was like, fuck off. Like, this is terrible. And when he didn't die from that head injury. Yeah. Also, God damn it. So we're going into least realistic now. Ward not dying from that head injury. Mm-hmm. JJ not dying from drowning mm-hmm. in the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, John B falling from a tower when Topper like pushed him off the tower and him being fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah being shot by Rafe and then just like pop it up and leaving after the you mm-hmm. already kind of talked about her miracle of young love John mm-hmm. B being bit by an alligator and just forgetting about it he never went home between the alligator bite and getting on a shipping a shipping didn't even like rinse it off no didn't like, when he jumped into the ocean <laughs> at the end that was the only cleansing that that wound has gotten in yes. like 10 hours he did not need to be bit by an alligator there was enough stuff going on I've already ranted about that but like <laughs> That was so fucking dumb. That was so fucking dumb. Like the car being underwater was enough like of a time, like panic. Yeah. And him being there with his ex-girlfriend and Pope, like there was enough conflict and JJ's dad, then all that got sweeped under the rug, even though they like casually mentioned that he stole his dad's like pills. So his dad's like going off into the abyss with like $240 or whatever. The key and Pope knowing to use dust to read it what the fuck that was, was that, that was yeah. just not realistic in the slightest no, no. i did like the key switcheroo that jj and john b that came was, up with because it was, was truly like the two dumbest mm-hmm. and they acknowledged that <laughs> <laughs> um everything that had to do with the seven foot gold cross but primarily them thinking it could fit on an inflatable boat <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we are definitely <laughs> putting this on a raft, right? Like, we've all seen Titanic. Like, I'm familiar with what a fucking lifeboat looks like. It's it's made of filled with air and yeah. they're not sturdy. There might be like a hard bottom, but it's not like and the five a boat. Of you couldn't pick up the cross. Like you couldn't even pick it up to move it out of the church. So I wish they would have made I understand why they made the thing so big for story but in terms of like i wish they could have like broken off pieces of it like the most important parts just the middle right so then it was like we're just moving this 30 pound thing right um even if it was enough for like two of them to carry right like the fact that it 
five people is not enough. Like you need a fucking crane to move yeah. this. Yeah. Um, it is again going too big. <laughs> so my last least realistic B plot, which kind of factors into this air boat, this life raft that they were basically on, that JJ's like, you know, just hit his head and like choked and done all of this stuff, is that Cleo just pops up again in that boiler room. Oh, I love that. I that loved it, awesome. but like that would not happen. No, but it was the only way that, that any, any of the other stuff would work. work. But yeah. then when they were on the boat and it like wouldn't work and Rafe was just shooting at them because, you know, yeah, why not? Him. He was just holding it, thinking about it. Oh, shooting. yes. But thinking there were people. murdering his sister for a third time. There were people really shooting, bad at I killing think. Sarah. Like really bad at killing his sister. Yeah. But Good I just like other people bad at killing his sister. I guess I kept thinking this is one choice that they did that I didn't think happened, which is I definitely thought Rafe pulled the trigger. And I just kept thinking this boat can't move with just the six of you in it. How the fuck did you idiots think that seven foot cross would fit in there and move? I think <laughs> if you would have shot at them, it would have deflated the boat and they would have drowned. Yes. But that <laughs> cross would have also <laughs> grown. Oh, like, sure, like I just right. kept thinking yeah, like, y'all can And then they had that like outlander style, like float to sea. And they're like, well, I guess we're just here. And then they pan back to the parents putting up missing posters. I was like, Key, this is why you need to go to fucking boarding school. Well, you got it. You could go into the finale because they just got into the cross. Okay. Well, well, yeah, let me just go through. We'll, we'll get to stop. We'll get to the, cause the gold even still was too big. It was $400 million. (laughs) First thing I wrote down for the finale was, okay. So they just like instinctively know their way around a cargo ship. There were so many doors and stairs I was deeply confused. I don't understand how they just like knew their way around. The fact that JJ's biggest dreams for spending the money are getting a new surfboard. <laughs> and, a, and a snowboard. I literally do not understand how Pope can fight like a professional fighter. Mm-hmm. He, in the pilot, says, I can't throw a baseball. I was in math club. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he is like literally on the level. And by the time we get to end of season two, I don't understand. The fact that they think that they can, I'm the captain now, this cargo ship. (laughs) (laughs) Like you are a bunch of 16 year olds and this is a professional cargo ship filled with adults and guns. Also, one of them should have stayed with the tied up captain. Obviously there's enough of them. But no, that would be the smart choice. So you have to leave them so he can break his own thing off in his home where he knows where everything is and his knife that is his that he put there. Yeah, the fact that nobody was like guarding the prisoners was like definitely the dumbest move for them. And then I just, and I'll kept saying none of this makes sense. And then, um, okay, Rafe being strong enough to save the cross is arguably the least likely part. I can't believe you didn't have it on your list. It is honestly the least realistic part of this entire show. Like, are you joking me? This like little like five foot eight white boy who's never lifted anything but a gram of coke to his nose can rescue a giant cross that is hanging off the side of a cargo ship with just a rope. No, <laughs> like no way like it's got to weigh like three or four times what he weighs and is hanging off the side of an oat like literally then okay so okay right so they get also that it took them so long to realize like it took them so long to see the cameras on that boat that's what I thought was so weird when they were like running through I was like they didn't just like run into like ward walking right like they I was like how big is this car 
cargo ship. Like, I think it is a gigantic, but also it's small. I don't know. Um, but okay, so they sail off and we see them, they land on this like desert, possibly deserted island. And you know, John B gives this little like, I ne- wouldn't don't want to do this with anyone else, wouldn't want to do this with anyone else speech. And I'm like, okay, so like LOL, they just like live on this island, like Blue Lagoon style, which like I don't know if you've seen Blue Lagoon, but and then I said, why are they even listing Kiara as missing? All these kids are none of these kids are missing because they're all clearly together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should all be on the same. Right. Like let's just call a spade a spade. They all went off together and didn't tell anyone where they were going. So I'm surprised you didn't have my least favorite, I guess not least favorite part of the finale, but like the part of the finale where I was like, this is so fucking stupid. When Ward was like, I traded the cross. I traded you for the cross with John B. And then like 45 seconds later, she like escapes and sees the cross. Right. It was like, Ward's already the bad guy. Well, and she like, (laughs) it never seemed like she ever really believed that. No, because she knows that John B loved, they like made their love too strong, which is like, again, we're going back to the same parallels it has with Riverdale, which is like, I never believe when Archie and Betty like do anything that it's going to last because they've made the like relationship too mature and like too believable that like I I think it would take physical buried underground death not even a presumed dead for them to break up because it was like, like one dying in the other one's arms that's but, like fully like bullet like th- like sure I'm trying to even think of a way because Sarah did die in his arms and he still dated her he did get accused of murder and she still dated him like I don't know what it would take like finding a corpse it would still come back from the dead like yeah I don't know but the yeah I it just I guess wanted the and the audience didn't need the reminder that Ward was evil and Sarah wasn't excited to see her dad was alive no so it just was very unnecessary yeah that was whole thing was it was just like tripling down on him being bad but proved no like it gave nothing to the plot then restarted us from square one of Sarah being the favorite yeah right it was like even though all that Rafe you're still number two I wish Wheezy would be like why am I not the favorite like I literally do nothing I you know she had almost no plot at all in two and I thought that was sort of weird she was like good she was like the good sister she like like sent the yeah I just felt like she had more like to do in season one which we actually didn't talk about this but we like kind of alluded to it but i will say the only thing that went well for them was that wheezy was able to send the calendar to sarah so they oh, knew when the like so yeah. they could do the armed right. robbery yeah, of yeah. The, yeah when they had her help at the beginning i'm like great maybe she's gonna be no yeah when sarah was like i have to go back for wheezy it. and then she just yeah did it. <laughs> she did it ever ever she right. said it a lot she was given another reason to go home. Like I was saying, I wish Kia would have, but. Yeah, I did just think of something that made me like laugh out loud. When JJ and they're trying to break into the Cameron's house and that old white guy comes up with a gun oh my God. and then they pretend to be the yard guides and they're going to do yes. like a bear. And he keeps talking about like Viagra in the air. I was like laughing natural very Viagra. Viagra. <laughs> I liked that plot. That was cute. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's all I have. That's all I have. I mean- Okay. There, there's so much so much and also nothing like it's like i completely forgot about the entire heist in the bahamas yeah that was crazy because <laughs> it got trumped by the fact that sarah got shot in it right and it was like you never knew who to trust and but, once again like breaking into her own house 
Yeah. It's like, I, I did like overall season two better, but I don't think I liked the cross story better. I just thought the like mystery was like more realistic to solve. Like there were also less people blocking them. There was less people. Well, it was just Limbry and Renfield. What's, what's really weird now actually that I think about it is that the gold is already like you said you wish the cross was like in pieces the gold is like, they should have just kept taking some right when he found it that first time I was like you didn't take a couple bars like well they did because remember they sent JJ to the pawn shop and then he gave it to the right they took them the very first time and had to melt it, down. it to- I don't know why they melted it together they could have like used it I don't to different people I don't know why they melted it down. I have no idea. But like when he found it in the Bahamas, like in Sarah, like he guessed the code or whatever for the safe. Sarah's birthday. Like, Cause she's the favorite. Mm-hmm. Like why didn't he take, like he could have easily taken six or seven and she could like, have taken six or seven and the well, other people. Oh, but. Oh, that the was very, very first like, time. Like, yeah. That was when he left her. Yeah, it was just like even one, like even one gold bar will get you really fucking far. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. And the fact yeah, that well, it, everything yeah. in the show is all or nothing, like right. in every situation. And it's like with the cross, I kind of get it, although they've managed to like break it up even a little bit because like a shroud, whatever that goes inside the cross. But because the, the thing with the cross right now is that it really is like an actual logistical problem. Well, it's an artifact. Like when they were like, it needs also to be like in, in the Smithsonian, like it needs to be in a museum. Yeah, yeah that was an Everyone needs to see it. I was, like, I was yeah. like, oh, they're smart. Right. Yeah. I think that was some foreshadowing there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I still can't believe Pope just like knew how to work a crane. And then that person was shooting at him. God, I didn't even write that part down. The crane thing where he just knew how to operate a fucking crane. And like pick the thing, the cross up, and it's like right, everything works out for them. But tie the cross, how to tie the rope so that the cross could be picked up by a crane. Like all these kids suddenly have like again are suddenly like Boy Scouts, dock workers. Yeah, they're like Eagle Scouts who like worked on a dock. Okay, do you want to take a quick break and then come back for stats and single bus scene? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Okay. surprise it's us again this is just a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you are subscribed to the pod on itunes or on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts it really helps us um, with our audience and it really helps you make sure you don't miss an episode as these do drop on tuesdays weekly Second thing is actual exciting news. We are doing a little giveaway of sorts. If you go and give us a review on iTunes, then screenshot the review and email it to us at singlebestscene at gmail.com. We will send you a very special Single Best Scene sticker. So get those reviews in and we will get you a sticker and that's it thanks all right and we're back okay so if you want to go first with your stats sure my favorite character is sarah obviously (laughs) 
Um, my favorite relationship, Sarah and John V. To no one's surprise. Um, favorite season for me was one, and then my favorite episode is season one, episode four, the Charleston episode. All right, all right. My favorite character is also Sarah. Mm-hmm. My favorite relationship was also John V. and Sarah. But I did think like, how funny would it be if I was like Bobby and Rafe, like the him and his coke dealer? Because I did yeah. enjoy that was fun. plots, and I did yeah. like that Bobby like totally sold him out. Yes. So in terms of chaotic pairings, I did actually enjoy Bobby and Rafe's scenes together. Yes. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And yeah, the fact that he won hundred percent sold him out. I was like, this tracks. And I was like, good for you. Like yeah. you're the only person thinking long-term. Right. Yes. Like, this isn't going to fucking work. No. Um, my favorite season was two. And my favorite episode was also Spy Games from season one, episode four. Spy Games, season one, episode four. It was the beginning I, of Vlad and Val. I did forget to mention generally another B-plot that I don't care for is the fact that there we can't trust the police ever. yeah that sucks like no there's one good no police point officer. in this whole right it's like the minute off uh sheriff pinkin like figures it out and starts to believe him she gets murdered yeah and then shoot i mean i did like that shoot like came around and like seems yeah. to always be a little bit on their side in season two like he wasn't actively trying to arrest them even though they definitely did a lot of things that yeah and then the only thing I liked that they did was when they arrested John B and that guy Thomas beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and then when he was innocent, like quickly and was like able to leave prison immediately after, you know, he tried to get murdered, that guy did apologize. Yeah. Or I was like, true. okay, that's good. But it did suck the like underlying, like we can't trust the cops, but maybe that's the treasure hunt of it all. Yeah. I don't know. Right. That was the thing. I was like, anytime anything would happen in my head, I'd be like, well, why aren't you just telling the cops about this? And I'd be like, oh, right. Cause we can't fucking trust these little backwoods cops. Well, at the very beginning when they like, okay, so we didn't even talk about this because we were in, cause so much happened in the beginning. I mean, so much happens all the time, but at the very beginning of the show of season two, when they go and they, they like, um, bug gavin's car and then they're listening and of course it, they get kicked in the face and everything and they lose the recording but the whole time i kept being like just call the cops and tell them where the meeting is like why didn't you tell and like you watched a man get murdered and then like kiara like went down to get the murder weapon and then rafe like plunged the thing because of course nothing could be easy for even a second yeah. like that whole thing to me was like the like frustrating part where i was like actually don't include the cops because y'all don't know when to include the cops like you do it before you lose the recording. Like you do it the minute you know there's going to be a shady meeting where he is going to admit the murder of the sheriff was not John B. It's all or nothing. They needed the full confession, the full everything, and then they lose it every time. Every time. It's like Bruce, the fucking ball. Smartest kids, honestly. <laughs> you know. We're not watching a bunch of geniuses up there. <laughs> no, I mean, like they did, it's like, it's like they, the plan is smart. Like we're going to bug the car. We're going to figure out where the meeting place is. We're going to still, we're going to be able to hear across the thing. We're going to run over there. We're going to not get caught. They just like, can't get across the finish line, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess I'm glad they got the gun and I am, I guess glad that Shoop was working on it, like behind the scenes and we didn't know it, but then it kind of felt like they were like, shit, we got to get John B out of jail. Let's just say that Shoop's been yeah. believing them. I don't know. Um, okay, so the moment that the listeners have been waiting for, what is your single best scene from season one and two of Outer Banks? So I had a lot of options. There are quite a few good, good moments. 
but my I think my single best scene is from season one episode four where Jambi and Sarah are like parting ways on the dock in the rain and um he's basically like okay I guess it's back to normal and she's like yeah okay cool see you later and like starts to walk off and then he like has his little like meltdown and is like what do you mean you can just walk away from this like blah 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 like this is everything was the best day of my life etc cetera, etc cetera. and they get together and yay <laughs> yeah you and I watched the scene before we recorded which was fun just to both be giddy over teen love and everything but I tell you my favorite line maybe from the entire show is in that scene whenever he was like yesterday I didn't know who you were and today you're Sarah Cameron <laughs> it's like what? yeah that was not written super well <laughs> Well, it makes, it kind of feels like an accurate depiction of like what you would try to say to be like, right. I love you so much. And this is, and like, I'm going to get caught up over my words, but I just laugh every time because I'm like, fucking knew she was. That's a very good single best scene. Yeah. That was my runner up scene. That was a great, because I said, I got stuck in that fandom loop, which was just like fan videos of John V and Sarah. All right. What is your single best scene? So you kind of touched on mine earlier, but mine is from season two, episode six. When Ward blows himself up on the boat, obviously we know long-term that he didn't die, but I really thought at that moment he did and was like actually confessing for his sins and like really didn't want Sarah there. And like her acting in that scene and like the slow realization that her dad was what he, what was happening and her yelling like dad, no stop was so sad matched with the fact that like everyone else's reaction on the dock was more appropriate than John B's. And like, obviously as an audience member we can understand like why he doesn't care that ward dies but like it was the kind of like what you said earlier like it was probably the most teen reaction and that like he won like john b won Mm -hmm. but he couldn't see that like him winning was sarah losing in that moment Mm -hmm. and that like he was her dad Mm -hmm. and even though he's a terrible person and like she didn't she could have all of the big talk and all the stuff with john b like she did love her dad even though she didn't like agree with him Mm -hmm. um and then like that celeste song came in and it like kind of went quiet and then it was like topper consoling her and like i said you know like topper did no like pre-evil ward Mm -hmm. um i just thought it was like just a brilliantly acted scene and it's like stuck with me yeah um and that's the moment where i was like yep she is going to be like we will see her in multiple things this year like she will be popping up in Netflix movies and like actual movies and like she's mm. gonna make I think out of all of the Netflix original stars she'll make the biggest jump I mean she's already gotten cast in Knives Out like I think she'll be like I want to say Blake Lively even though that's like not fair but like the Blake Lively where you're like some people won't even know she started on a teen show like a Katie Holmes you know yeah yeah where some people better. yeah well some people because yeah Blake Lively's not a good actress no she's pretty she's pretty she can't act gorgeous. she's beautiful gorgeous great hair cannot not even that good at just like being herself no no isn't even like a real person she's like a caricature yeah um but yeah like a little bit like a katie holmes where like there will be people who know her that won't know that she started on a teen show Mm -hmm. um and i think lily reinhardt to your point you know like what we said earlier is the same way that's possible yeah they've already been greenlit for three like season three, right no so it says so i do have news 
which is that Outer, Outer Banks has not been renewed for season three yet, but with the show currently at the top of the Netflix charts across the world, a renewal seems possible. The lack of renewal has not stopped the cast and crew from hinting at what the future could entail. So I think that it should be third and final. In okay. my opinion, because of the fact that two was just so much heist. I really, and it's like such an accelerated timeline, right? Like, this whole thing has gone on a month. Like, I just don't really know how much they can really like impactfully write mm-hmm. 20 more episodes. Mm-hmm. No, like, and I don't, I don't know if we all have the endurance to do that. If like, they're going to like add a whole new thing. Like they've already added a second piece of treasure for them to find, you know? And it just seems like 10 more episodes, they can wrap this shit up. And I'm good with that. Yeah, it feels a little bit to me, like like I said earlier, like I love the characters and I wish they could pivot into a situation where the show could exist without the treasure and like without the the mystery. Mm-hmm. But it, it almost feels like then they'd be kind of like encroaching in like what Elite did um, with like murder, disappearance, murder, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, we this much bad stuff doesn't just keep happening to the same group of people but they haven't set it up like long term right like if the if we had gotten more of like a school aspect or it had been more like a gossip girl a type of mystery or like a pretty little liars or sorry pretty little liars a or gossip girl type mystery then yeah I could see the show going on because I do think the cast is likable like the part of the show but it's also super small Yes, I was gonna say the show, the part of the show that's hard to write in terms of like what people latch on to is the chemistry of the cast. Mm-hmm. And they have that, but like you're right, the plot does not exist in a world outside of this treasure hunt. No, like not and at like, all. With John B's dad coming back, it kind of does just feel like the final piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Right. And like yeah, maybe Ward will succumb to a head injury over the break. Probably not. I know he's like getting- a cockroach, can't kill him. I agree though. Like, I don't think. I think I'd be fine with a third and final. Yeah, I just can't imagine how, like, what they could do that would make me think that the show, because it needs to, because it just feels like they're at such a good, like, this is the last hill, mm-hmm. you know, like, they need the cross, they need the gold, like, they're on this island, they've added one more character, he's probably gonna, they're reported missing again, right, like, yeah, I just don't know how they're gonna do this at a third time right because that's what this would have to be yeah one last thing about the finale and then we'll do our recommendations and like wrap up but um did I miss the part where they all said we're gonna jump off the boat or did they all just instinctively know to jump off the boat um because when JJ and Key like jumped off on the other side I was like are they gonna know to go over there Um, like they all knew to just like abandon ship like physically not like a meeting place they were just like get in the ocean well someone will find you like had sarah not gotten the boat they wouldn't have had it because sarah got the boat boat, but sarah was already getting the boat because she was out of the plan yeah that was (laughs) that was luck but i think well because because that's what they were lowering the the cross into was right and it was it John just, B's job to get the boat, but instead John B sees Sarah and Ward. Gets Sarah. Yeah. Cause when they just kept all jumping off, I was like, are we going into a Titanic situation where like someone's going to drown? Cause like yeah. they don't all know that they're off the boat either. Yeah. I was Last not. They yeah. Cause they were on the other side. Hope right? was in the crane. <laughs> also like, 
I think it's very far. Like the edge of that boat in the water, <laughs> it looked like it was like 30 or 40 yards. Like it looked like multiple stories high, like at least two stories high. Yeah. Jumping off into the well, water. Well, because there's the under where they had like locked Sarah. You know, she's motion sick down there or whatever her lie was. Oh, right. Yeah, that whole thing. But yeah, it, those ships are huge. I. Yeah. It, it's like they just make the show so hard. Yeah. We have this whole thing. Now let's put every main character on a boat. <laughs> a shipping boat. Every, right. A uh, cargo, cargo yeah. ship. Golly. Um, okay. Anyway, so what is your recommendation for the people this week? Um, my recommendation is Blue Apron. Unfortunately, they do not sponsor us like they sponsor a lot of other podcasts. So this one's for free. Lucky them. But I've been doing it this summer. And I previously did HelloFresh and I hated it. But I, part of it maybe is that HelloFresh, um, at the time at least, their recipes took a little bit longer. And I don't know if I could choose what I got I I actually I think I was doing the vegetarian option with them and there's like very very few options and which I thought was frustrating but um with Blue Apron um you get to pick your three a week and since I work from home I can like make like do my cooking during lunch if I want Mm -hmm. um which I think that was part of what I hated about about the meal like plan before was like after coming home from being in a fucking office for eight or nine hours and then having to cook something for 45 minutes just was too much for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now I can do it. Obviously I'm at home all the time, so it's, it's easier. And I just like save the other half for later. And it's like actually really good. Like most of the recipes I'm like, it's like, it, it's yummy like it's really mm-hmm. good and, and it's like one less thing to worry about I know it's kind of expensive but it's for me it's just like I I don't have to meal plan they will do it for me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's nice I did home chef for a while and liked it mm-hmm. yeah um my parents did it and I would just steal one of their meals like uh-huh. I would go in and just pick like two meals and so they would because they whatever it wasn't a good but nice. um it's it is nice to be like oh this is what I'm doing and every every ingredient I need is here yeah. Like you don't have to be like, I didn't buy a fucking shallot. Like I never cook with shallots before and they love shallots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which like is, I like shallots. Like it's fine. I just never sure. would go to a grocery store to buy a shallot. No. Or like tomato paste. They like send you the right amount of tomato paste you need. Right. Yeah. It, it, or like random spice mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, so my recommendation this week is super random, but it's a song that came up on my shuffle like three times. And I was like, let's go, baby. Um, your ex lover is dead by stars. Do you remember that song? Uh-uh. The when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. It's so good. It's a great song. I think it came out in like 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess I have a secondary recommendation because mainly I sent it to you and you didn't acknowledge it, but Spotify has this new thing called blended where you can, Oh, I didn't understand what that was. Okay. Well, I'll tell you and you can decide whether to keep this in or not, but Annabelle and I did it. So I send you a link and then if you accept the link, it creates a playlist of songs that you and I both listen to. And then songs that like you listen to that I don't, or I listen to, and you don't. So like, it would have like fancy, like for both of us. And then it would have like dead stars by me. And it, and then like a song that you listen to 
Mm. So it's like a blended playlist of mm-hmm. like our liked music. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And like Animals in Mine has been really fun because we obviously share a lot of music together. And then I'll get us like a Vanessa Carlton song. And I texted her today and was like, oh my God, I haven't thought about the song in forever. Like, oh thanks God. for listening to it. So um, I guess that's my second recommendation is okay. blended, like get a friend or a partner or whatever and create a blended playlist because it's cool. And it shows you who, whose song it is or if it's both of yours. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So also accept my request. Yeah, I know. I'm getting my phone out right now. Because like here, I can show you what it looks like. So like this is me and Annabelle's blended playlist and it has like the little, yeah. It's, um, it's playing on my speaker. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was the place I know it. Uh A little driver's license. Yeah. No, deja vu. Yeah, so like remember that night by sarah k's i've never heard but you listen to and like oh, you have parker mccollum yeah so ours oh is God, like i've been on a parker mccollum kick ours is way more um oh this is gonna be a fun one and it like updates daily oh that's cool but we both listen to super rich kids we both listen to ash or maybe it's like songs we have both like i haven't really fully figured it out Mm-hmm. it prompted me yesterday afternoon and I was like oh cool I'll send it to Sophie and Annabelle yeah I, I love the I think Spotify has great features like I think I like their daily drive like I love all I the love stuff Spotify I'm such a <laughs> I am like a it's like anything where it's like Stay this <laughs> yeah like if it's like this is an invasion of privacy they know too much about me I'm like but it's right I like, don't care. this is what I want to listen to when I like I think I pay I did free Spotify for approximately three days in college and then switched to paying so yeah. I could do commercial free and download and I have never regretted it. it is the one subscription I have absolutely no problem with paying and I actually don't even pay for it anymore because shout out to Nick who will never hear this but my brother Nick got us on the family plan so my dad now pays for all of us but I got us on a family plan too. extra dollars in like you it get doesn't like, change at all like nothing changed for me like they I don't think I can see my family's stuff like it just I just stopped having to pay I, yes. I don't know it was fucking amazing I got us on a family plan because I would send my mom songs on Spotify and she's like I don't have a Spotify account and so I created her one and I was like actually it'll be easier if we're just all on the same one and my dad was like yeah of course and then I tried to set him up a Spotify account and he was like but I want my music so my dad sticks to like his like Apple like his iTunes oh, which really? is very my dad Oh, that's like his uploaded CDs. Oh. Um, but everybody else uses Spotify and nobody pays for it. I mean, gotta love it. My parents do, but anyway, highly recommend blended. It's really fun. And like our songs, like look like a good mix. Yeah. Anyway, it's been, I've been very excited all day and it's like long, it's like two, like three hours of music that like really both of us have liked. I think you're going to love dear August. It's on there. Oh, I can't all listen to it after well, we it hang was out. on the it's the first song on the dinner with friends playlist which is my personal favorite playlist that Spotify has like generated it's like always the correct vibe don't know how all to right. explain it all right it's called dinner with friends this is my second recommendation Maddie got two I get two too um it's such a good playlist like it's always the vibe so I um I've put that one on a few times whenever, like, I just need to, like, cook or do whatever, you know? Yeah, it's good background music, but it's, like, good. Um, okay, and your second one was in Dinner with Friends. Mm-hmm. Gotta take the notes so I can put it in the 
thing for the 17 people who follow us to see. Mm-hmm. One thing I will also say about Outer Banks before we say goodbye to our listeners is they had a really good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I watched it with, like, with subtitles and it would say the song coming on. And I'd be like, oh, this is like a cool song or like an interesting artist or whatever. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see y'all in two weeks. Yeah. I can't think of what episode's next. Well, I want to say elite, but I don't know. I don't know either. Thank you for making it through another episode of Outer Banks and we will see you guys next time. Yes. Bye. If y'all want to join the fan club, the John B. and Sarah fan club. <laughs> right. John B. Sarah fan club. Um, always, always open, taking new members all the time. I know. I accidentally made our podcast a Mad Men fan account. So maybe now it'll be a John B. and Sarah fan account. Oh my gosh. I can only dream. But all right. Bye. Bye.